0: Well, the art of throwing someone under the bus, we're seeing a lot of it. It's got to be a boon for the bus building business. The insiders now, leaving their partisan hats at the door. Please. Jamie, Kathleen and David, they're all here at the table. Now you're the professionals. Canadians are watching this stuff in big numbers over the last couple of weeks. But what are what are you seeing that either they're not seeing or perhaps they're not understanding when they're seeing it?
1: David. Well, from my perspective, Peter, I'm hearing a lot of commentary about how incompetent the management of this scandal is and how inept the people managing the scandal must be. And I think that's an incorrect conclusion. These people are sharp political operators. They're not stupid at all. When you make a decision about a scandal, whether you're going to have an inquiry or some kind of process or whether you're going to stonewall it and tough it out, you make the calculation, I'll take slings and arrows for toughing it out. Is that going to be better or worse than the actual truth that will come out in an inquiry? They have obviously made the calculation. They're looking at numbers now. The polls are now showing that the Prime Minister's credibility is taking quite a hit over this. The Conservatives would have known that because they will have been in the field doing nightly tracking all through this process. They will have known that, and they are still making the judgment that whatever damage is being done here is not as bad as the damage that would be done by throwing the whole thing open. So that tells me that they are making... um, that they're making a calculation that they still need to protect some piece of information.
0: And one of the, the calculations in those nightly tracking seems to be that, they, that the Canadians are on side with the Prime Minister in terms of what should happen in the Senate in terms of getting rid of the senators. But that other stuff's pretty harsh. What are you seeing, James? Well, I
2: think we're seeing that one of the truisms of politics that the PMO, the Prime Minister's office, is this incredibly powerful thing, the control entity that can control anything, isn't quite true. Because all of a sudden, they're not able to control what's going on in the Senate. They're not able to control some things that are taking place in in their caucus. They don't seem to be able to control the release of information as well. So I agree with David. These are smart folks. You don't get those jobs by, you know, not being experienced and pretty wily but we're seeing the limitations of the power of the prime minister's office.
3: Hmm. I'm watching for actually how the opposition is trying to take advantage of the situation. I think what we don't see behind the scenes is the amount of feedback that actual general Canadians are sending in to opposition offices right now. We know that the public is incredibly interested in this story. They're talking about the water coolers, the cafes and the bars. But just over the last couple of weeks, uh, opposition offices have received tens of thousands of emails on this. So what I'm watching for is actually how those opposition parties can actually use this opportunity to build those lists, possibly to fundraise or to get more member support going into the next election.
0: What is the... I mean, we always talk about what the challenge is for those who are caught up in the scandal. What is the challenge for opposition parties at a time like
1: this, David? Uh, Well, uh, the challenges are not nearly as significant as no. those faced by the government. They're in a pretty happy place, but they've got some options. But they need to be careful about a couple of things. As you mentioned, the polls show that while the public is quite judgmental of Prime Minister Harper's performance on this, they're hugely judgmental of the senators involved in the story. And so it's a very tricky line for opposition parties to straddle, where they are criticizing the Prime Minister's handling without appearing to the public as though they're actually defending the senators involved, because that would boomerang on them, because nobody has any, they're not sympathetic figures in the public right now. So that's one issue. A little bit a little bit more underlying that is the notion that you you have a strategy for how you're going to win the next election. What is your primary point of attack going to be? The NDP probably have a different one than the Liberals do. And the question is, what do you say about this? How do you use this that reinforces your fundamental critique of the Harper government? Mm-hmm. Well, and as right?
2: well, if you're the opposition party and you're the opposition leader, like Mr. Mulcair, who's doing a lot of heavy lifting every day in the House of Commons, has prosecutorial questioning style being proving to be very effective but the ch- the challenge isn't just to be effective in the house it's to make sure that that support that you chip away from the government comes to you and doesn't in this case go to Mr Trudeau and and that will be his challenge right is not because we've got a multi-party system and just because you go after one one opponent doesn't mean that you'll get all the benefit from that
3: I agree completely with both David and and Jamie. Um, But I also think that as opposition, it's really important that these questions are asked in the House because right now there's not a lot of access to the Prime Minister outside of the House by journalists or others. So when you look at today's question period alone, I think there were 26 questions in a row all on the same Duffy-Wright affair. That takes a lot of work. And I think it's incumbent upon um, the official opposition, opposition parties in general, whether Liberal or NDP, to ask those tough questions because otherwise we wouldn't have the record that we have now from what he said in may to what he's saying so today. you don't
0: think those three radio interviews that the prime minister did with former no. conservative no provincial but or as a strategist i would well?
3: i would advise him to go out there and do a, a one-on-one i would i would tell him that
0: well good maybe You're even suggesting with you, that. You're <laughs> suggesting that. okay let me get back to one of the scenarios that the government is doing they keep throwing uh, a couple of people under the bus uh, there have been more than a couple, actually, throughout this. But they, then again today, as we watched on that issue, after Nigel uh, Wright again and, 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 and really riding the bus over him. What, what's the calculation you make when you decide to toss somebody in that direction? Well, first of all, there, there is an axiom in public, public affairs or political
2: communications, which says it always has to be somebody's fault. And if it's not somebody else's fault, it becomes your fault. So that's the premise or the idea that governs these kinds of decisions, right? We don't want it to be the general or commanding officer or the prime minister's fault. Therefore, we've got to say somebody else is responsible for it. And when the public can understand that, oh, they did it, you know they've been held accountable. Then they let the, the, the big person off the uh, hook and, and on they go. So the question, as you ask, it becomes when do you actually do that or deploy it? And it's really a net benefit test. It's when the when the pluses of doing it out, uh, outweigh the negatives because it's messy and it's ugly and often it antagonizes the person you've thrown under the bus who just perpetuates the news cycle by coming out and 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 giving their side of the story. Very few people like to be spoken of in the House of Commons by the Prime Minister in those ways, and very few of them are going to stay silent. David? Well, it's
1: a a dangerous business for the reasons that uh, that Jamie outlined. When you decide that you're going to make somebody the sacrifice uh, to be the fall person, you are expecting slash hoping that they will take the fall, that they'll be the good soldier, and that they'll just take their lumps and be quiet about it. Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, And when they don't, as Jamie said, they can cause a lot of problems. So in the sponsorship program, the Auditor General had itemized a number of prominent liberals who ran crown corporations who were involved in the sponsorship program. Prime Minister Martin fired those people, exacerbating taking the internal civil war in the Liberal Party to a whole different level. Well, in the election that followed, we found that our platform mysteriously leaked uh, to the media. So you have internal sabotage. That you, you, You're breaking the cohesiveness of right. your team. And you are pitting your team against each other. So Mr. Wright may be a good soldier and just take this. Or one day when he's not looking, Stephen Harper may have a bad day.
0: Alright, we've got to leave it at that, Kathleen. We're out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we'll pick it up again next time round, because there's always a next time.